Welcome to Testify, the interview portion of our Rooted series. My name is Anna Spray, and this week I got to sit down with Katie Withrow to talk about how her faith has grown and changed over the years. For any of us that have known Katie, we know her life is full of amazing stories, colorful expressions, and deep insights. We had a great time together. Hope you enjoy this as much as I did. Restore us to our Okay, I'm sitting here with Katie Withrow, uh, bright and early on a Friday morning. And uh, this week we are talking about an ingrowing faith that we might internalize the truths of Scripture and grow in our knowledge of the living God through study, prayer, community, sacraments, and personal devotion. So, Katie, I want to ask you do you remember your first thoughts or your experience of God? What's your earliest memory? Um, I grew up in the most, like, lovely, healthy family. Like, Mm. just really delightfully delicious parents who are, like, only that healthy because they've spent, like, that much time with God. So Mm. I feel, like, really privileged um, to grow up in such a supportive family, I guess. But, um, so I guess that would be my very first, like, sort of encounter of God is through the, like, love of my parents. Hmm. Um, my dad was a Catholic priest. (laughs) I love this story. Yeah, and my mom was a Catholic nun, and they met, um, teaching at a Catholic high school, left their orders, and got, went to Colorado, got married, Hmm. and started a family. So they had good, like, 15 years before they met each other where they were like that was their job was to like read scripture and um serve people and pray and teach and anyway so I just feel like very um lucky to experience God through them and my grandma too she was um very devoted Catholic and um constantly testifying and talking about God and both my parents are like that too like Mm. always like glass half full seeing the world through um the eyes of blessing and stuff so probably first through them but um the other thing I thought of was I don't remember like my first my own like distinct thoughts of God but I do remember my first rejection of God oh wow (laughs) this is so dumb but I have very acute memory but I, I think it was like grade six or grade seven and I was in the back of um, our Subaru station wagon, mm-hmm. and it was like pre-seat belt sort of situation, so I was yeah. like literally in the hatch. 80s. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With um, my best friend, Shelby, and we were rattling around in there, and we weren't talking or talking about God or anything, but I just remember even where I was, like what street in East Wenatchee I was on, but I just oh. remember it, like thinking... Um, like, I want to believe in God, but I don't want to yet. Like, I want to later, like, when I have, when I grow up and have kids, but I don't want to have to believe in God or think about God or anything like that until then. But it sounds, like, nice to do later. (laughs) And that was just such a funny moment. But I, I, to think that, like, yeah, like, I was already had such, like, I don't know, selfish trajectories without God, you know? It's interesting because it sounded like God was almost like another member of your family. Yeah. Like, in your home. Totally. totally. And then you're like, eh, I'll I'm see just going to... Yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> I think, though, uh, like, it does come up for me as, like, 
an early memory of God, though, because it makes me wonder if that's, like, his first, even though it was, like, a rejection moment for me, if it was, like, his first, like, calling towards me, though. Like, I couldn't help but not acknowledge that he was there and that he wanted me and that I even wanted him, but just not then. Right, but it was, like, you facing that reality, like, God is here confronting me. Yeah, I, I don't really want this right now. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, I don't know, like some people talk about the like haunting of the Holy Ghost or whatever, mm-hmm. but I feel like that was like kind of the like first memory of maybe feeling like the Holy Spirit was, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, close to me and like saying that, you know, you can't get too far away from me. Yeah. Um, and then um, I don't know comically ironically funnily later is that word funnily but um a few years no not even a few years well yeah maybe two or two years later I started getting involved um with Young Life oh (laughs) in the Wenatchee Valley okay (laughs) and um mostly initially just for fun not because I had necessarily any interest in but I didn't I wasn't opposed but um, but I do, I did eventually end up at, um, Malibu, just here oh, no in way. our back door. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember them articulating the gospel to me in the first, like, understandable way, even though I had been going, like, majorly regularly to Mass my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know what, like, the term Lamb of God meant or what, like, I just Nobody. said it all the time no one explained it just was like assumed knowledge and I remember um you know if anyone's familiar with Young Life it's like they build on the story throughout the week with Mm -hmm. their drama skits in the evenings and so they were building the story around this girl who had um had become a victim of like difficult things in her life but also of her own sort of choices and they um, articulated that by her having this orange that, like, got covered with aluminum foil because oh. she became distant and got stabbed by all these things over time, <laughs> by all these hurts and things. But anyways, it was speaking to my grade 8 heart or whatever. And then, um, yeah, by the end of the story, she had um, chosen to, like, give over her, like, damaged self and get this new orange. <laughs> and I remember being like, you are kidding me. That is what the, like this, the depth of what it means to like have the Lamb of God, you know, for me, I don't know. Um, so I did feel like pretty shocked at the story at that point and like definitely in, like immediately in huh. after hearing that. Because it kind of ignited it kind of gave explanation to all of the yeah. stuff you'd seen before. Yeah, like all the symbols and practices that we had done as a family for years and years and years. Yeah. It's like, whoa, I get it now. And it's just huh. like a big sort of opening for me, I guess. Just putting all the pieces together. Yeah. It's interesting because when you, like, thinking about your parents, I mean, you know, those of us that know you, we've heard, yeah. like, such a unique, cool story. Yeah. But then to know, like, as faithful as they were being, like, you still had to string some things together. Yeah. And perhaps they had articulated the gospel multiple different times in multiple different ways. Sure. Um, 
but I don't know if it was a timing thing for me or it was that like I didn't understand or I didn't understand the way that they were explaining it or what. But yeah. um, I, for some reason, that was like kind of the sort of moment where he started putting um, the whole story together, I guess. Yeah. Huh. That's so cool. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's such a cool s- story because like I've heard that story about your parents and like the sort of liturgist in me is like, it's so beautiful. <laughs> you know, it's like the plot of a movie. Like, yeah, this totally. monk and this nun yeah, meeting and they raise a family. And, you know, but then we know as parents, like, yeah. even in spite of all our best efforts, like, we yeah, don't totally. know what our kids are going to pick up. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's so great. So we're talking about inward growing faith. And particularly in these last few weeks, we've been talking about scripture and our relationship with scripture. Mm-hmm. And so how did you relate to scripture at that time as a kid? Like, was it? Um, uh, before this, before that moment of um, belief? Or? Yeah. Well, I guess just from those early moments. Okay. Because you went to Mass. Yeah, I went to Mass. Um, It wasn't necessarily super understandable for me. Um, They didn't have any sort of children's program or anything. I did um, make my first communion, but I have no memory of what the catechism was like. Just remember the pretty white dress. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I'm sure I had exposure to that. but yeah, I just don't honestly recall. It might just be um, aging <laughs> that I don't remember. <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember being in my first Bible study after um, going to Malibu, and we studied James. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we did Ruth. I remember oh. both of those very vividly. Um, and I got my first like kind of study Bible. I meant to bring it actually to show you. It's, yeah. Um, it's very well. It's very well loved in my heart. Was it like a girl's? No, Bible? it was like just like study Bible, but it's just so like well loved, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And it was, yeah. Anyways, it was, it was kind of like it was funny to see like what I highlighted and what I didn't in those years and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, and then um, in university, feel like that was like that, especially that very first year of university. I was, I used to call it my sponge year. Your sponge year. Yeah, because I just, like, literally took everything in. Mm-hmm. Like, I was so happy to just, like, soak in um, scripture um, and community and teaching. And I think, um, I don't know if it was because it was for the first time where I get to do whatever I want with my time. and mm-hmm. there were, Or if it was the first time where there's a lot of opportunities because I was at university, there's all these campus ministries and that kind of stuff. Um or if it was the particular people I was friends with or what, but I it was a lot of um, both corporate um, sort of teaching and um, community experience, but also really huge, um, set me on a path of very huge personal, like, Bible reading hmm. habits. Hmm. And, um, yeah. So I, what did that look like, like? Did you, were you reading the Bible every day? Or, yeah. Yeah. I was. It was such a sweet time in my life. And I look back on that season, like, in my 20s, and I think, wow, if I didn't have that, I would, like, not survive the adulting that I'm doing <laughs> yeah. in my 30s and 40s. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I just feel like it was such like a time of like deep, deep, deep growth. And um, I had my little camping chair, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I still take everywhere. <laughs> um, and I also at the exact same time, I had a lot of um, opportunities for nature and adventure travel. So I would take that chair literally everywhere in my Bible. And I had different size Bibles depending on how far I was backpacking or how, how much I could carry. Yeah. Um, but I literally always had a Bible with me no matter where I went. Huh. Like if I had like just water and food, the only other thing I would pack would be a Bible. Like, That's <laughs> awesome. Know? And um, yeah, I just feel really privileged to get to have seen a lot of the world in those years and a lot of like the back country in those years and it was like a little tiny redheaded 20 something year old me in my chair dangling my feet off of a cliff somewhere yeah and reading my bible <laughs> it's so cool katie because that like for me growing up as a west coast kid like here mm-hmm. in victoria all the people i knew that loved creation didn't love the bible yeah like they yeah. they would forsake faith and the bible and church to be out in the wilderness yeah. more and you are one yeah. of the few people I know that marries those two things no, together. No, they came together for me big time. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was just, I remember seeing some, I think it was a Eugene Peterson quote mm-hmm. lately. I don't know if it was one Vanessa shared, but it was like, this is a horrible paraphrase, but it was like, you know, read your Bible, and if you can, read it outside. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yes. Oh, definitely. Yes, mm-hmm. I was giving a big amen to that. And just how um, that is... Um, the most and the best ways I have read the Bible over the years. Mm-hmm. And even still, with my life being significantly different than it was in the, my 20s, yeah. um, Savannah and I will go out to Mount Tommy. She sits 10 feet away to not distract me on her chair. I sit 10 feet away. We both have our... Oh, sorry, that's me. <laughs> um, we both have our um, little Bibles. Yeah. And she tells me her plan of what she's going to do, and wow. I tell her my plan of what I'm going to do. And, um, and, and, and same with Andy. You know? That's so and cool. actually, even this week, I went to um, Arbutus Cove and dangled my little legs off the yeah. rocks there. I'm, it's, it was so stunning. It was like I haven't seen this in all the years we've lived by Arbutus Cove, but like the fog was coming in and then burning off as soon as it got to the mm-hmm. um, trees and mm-hmm. the beach. And it was totally sunny on the trees and the beach, but in just constant fog blowing in and just getting to So how do you think you first made that connection that, like, creation, wilderness, the outside environment, and scripture together? Because I think that's a really unique thing. Like, because when I think about trying to read the Bible as a family or it's always been an inside context, like inside groups, inside whatever, um... And I think that's just such a unique perspective to be outside and reading scripture and how that might kind of extend your understanding in a different way. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think for me, nature has always been a part of my life. Like even as a kid, we weren't um, like a kayaking and backpacking family, but we were definitely a car camping 
and road trip family. So, and my mom was very verbally um, expressive about what she thinks about nature. So uh, as an early child, like mm-hmm. we were po- getting pointed out, like really beautiful scenery and enjoying so it. So your parents were like yeah. kind of making that connection. Yeah, they've always, they were both bio, um, my mom was a mar- studying marine biology as an end. Of course. <laughs> yes. And um, they literally moved to Colorado from leaving their orders because they saw it in a um, calendar. Oh, my god! And they knew no one. They're like, let's go there. That's so pretty. Wow. So I think um, the value of natural beauty has always been very high mm-hmm. <laughs> in my life. Um, but, yeah, it might also be just out. So it's a preference thing for me, but it also might just be um, a habit thing for me as well. Um, when I would be away on geology trips in my 20s, we'd be, um, you know, six weeks in your own tent out in the desert of California or out in New Zealand or wherever we were studying Mm -hmm. um, geology and you would get up pack your stuff get have breakfast get your your lunch ready get your geology gear together pack your bag and then you would go and do like geology touring or um, mapping or whatever you were studying and then we would get home at like four or Mm -hmm. home as in back to the tent yeah and then you didn't have any homework. You had no, this is pre-cell phones. Mm-hmm. This is, there's literally nothing to do. Mm-hmm. So you could either write a letter home. You could hang out with people that you hung out with all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could eat or you could read a book in your tent or you could sleep. That was like, those are, you didn't, you only had like five options. Yeah. And so for me, I would dump all my stuff, kind of get resituated. I'd get my chair and I'd get my Bible and I would walk um, a third of a mile away from everyone. Yeah. And I would read my Bible. So it just, I think it was also not just my preference, but it was also my habit. Like it was just became my habit early on. And I mean, I've literally tangled my legs over the cliffs of like, you know, the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone to Alaska to New Zealand to Argentina, like literally everywhere mm-hmm. that I've been had that has been a main part of those tra- those travel experiences mm-hmm. and those nature experiences. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if it was necessarily a conscious effort. It's just like what I prefer. It's cool because it kind of like the way that your parents talked about God is like a part of your household. It's like God was always accompanying you on yeah. all of those oh, definitely. trips. That's so cool. Definitely. Yeah. I think it's because when I reflect on the idea of, like, creation versus scripture and just a, growing up as a West Coast kid, a lot of people I knew, like, would forsake their love for God and their love for scripture mm-hmm. for their love for yeah. what is immediate, like, what is right there because yeah. that they – that was so overwhelming and so fulfilling. Like you were saying, like watching the fog roll in Arbutus mm-hmm. Cove. Mm-hmm. A lot of people would forsake other things just for that. Like mm-hmm. just for that yeah. one like moment in time, that one experience. But then it makes it such a broader experience when you attach that to the person of God and who he is. Totally. And what he said in scripture and like the Psalms talking about the heavens declaring the glory of God. Like mm-hmm. you can look at a at a sunset or fog rolling in, but yeah. that is an aspect of God's beauty mm-hmm. for me to totally, see. Totally, totally. Yeah. Um, I remember that, oh, I'm going to forget his name. He's, like, really famous from Oregon, a writer. 
10 years ago. Um, it's, I'm a bad person. I know. Um, I'm sorry. If, um, <laughs> out there world, you definitely all know who this is. But anyways, I remember him saying that, um, he, to the definition of worship is being in awe. Hmm. And for me, that is outside yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. or studying, like looking at my things under the microscope or looking at like doing science, I guess. Um, but that um, that's when I'm like absolutely stunned. Hmm. And um, so for me, they, it pairs very well together. There's um, both being like reading the book of God through scripture, reading the book of God through creation yeah. are like definitely hand in hand. That's so cool. Yeah. You're such a regent person. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're talking about growing our faith through study, prayer, community, sacraments, personal prayer time. And you've sort of touched on some of those. Um, which do you think has revealed God the most to you? I mean, you talked a lot about community at different points in your life. Mm-hmm. What kind of looking at that list, what has been significant for you? Um, yeah, I think again, just both the things that stand out to me the most are just like the sacrament of nature and, um, personal scripture prayer time. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would also add, um, especially if it's looking at one book of the Bible at a time is small group Bible studies Mm -hmm. have really um, formed me and been important to me. Um, and then just, especially in these latter years is, um, experiencing God through community, Hmm. um, particularly through our neighborhood table, um, but also a big table as well, but just really feeling, um, like a sense of heaven almost Hmm. like through like being with people. Mm -hmm. Um, and I find myself longing for that more than I, um, Used to. Yeah. Like a corporate sense of um, relating to God. Hmm. Then I think in my 20s it was more feeling, like I liked both, but I think those quiet personal times were more where I connected more. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think in these last, these last 10 years, I would say it's um, a bit of both like experiencing God through the community of people as well yeah why do you think you crave for that more I don't know it's interesting because I know for me since I've had kids I want more time yeah totally but it's interesting that you would crave like oh I want more of this togetherness yeah more I don't know I I think well one couple ways to respond to that one is that I have always thought of myself as an um outgoing introvert Mm -hmm. in that like I love to be with people but I also need lots of time by myself to think and reflect and gather myself before being with people again um but I've noticed that during this season with this worldwide deadly virus Mm -hmm. (laughs) that takes away that option to be together that I have the more extroverted parts of me are coming out like longing for being with other people I do appreciate still um you know being by myself in the in the gift of taking out some of those options so there's more time to kind of be have a quieter life in the season but I do find myself longing more to um be in community than ever before so it was probably just amplified with that but I think it wasn't it's not necessarily like a conscious choice that I've wanted 
to be or I've related to God through community more over these last few years I think it's more just fit with my lifestyle like Mm. just because of having kids in my interior life being chopped up like coleslaw which is what I always used to describe what it's like in there rattling along rattling along inside there um so that it's just more of an effective, viable way to experience God for me this last decade. Than, it just fits into yeah, your life better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm just, there's been a bit of a, um, there's a bit of opportunity for Andy and I think now that our kids are the ages that they are and mm-hmm. only getting older and um, less dependent on us mm-hmm. um, for us to be able to return to some of those habits in our 20s and 30s. Hmm. And those habits have been there, just not like an everyday sort of habit like they used to be able to be. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's more of a weekly thing now. But I think we have the opportunity for that to become, again, part of our our life. Yeah, it's funny how you kind of, when you first have kids, you kind of like go into this, I don't know, almost like... (laughs) isolated coma state or something yeah. <laughs> and it's like slowly you can see on the horizon yeah, like totally. oh there's more freedom coming yeah. but it takes a long time I was reflecting the other day you know I mean my eldest is almost 11 same as yours like mm-hmm. it's been over a decade yeah that I've been living for other people and having the usual habits of scripture reading and time alone and mm-hmm. community time or being like oh I'm gonna go have coffee with this friend yeah, right. and talk about whatever like those have not been options yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it'll be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's interesting because I, you know, reflecting back on your story, you know, I'm sure it seems like that a lot of what happened in your 20s, you know, laid a good foundation and a good bedrock Mm -hmm. that you can draw from. Definitely. In later years. And inevitably, there are seasons of our life where it's like, I I can't get to Mm -hmm. a Bible study or Mm -hmm. I can't. Um, keep up with like for me it's always keeping up with like a bible reading guide it's like I people I can't like (laughs) um, I just have too many things on my plate but you know there is grace for that and and there are kind of those old you know worn tracks you know you think of like tracks those old like um, wagon wheel tracks like that stay for hundreds Mm -hmm, of years it's like those are still there there's still evidence that at one time I I did attend to these things and I'll get back there again definitely but yeah it's it's hard to maintain through all of these changing seasons of life I don't know but I love that picture of you and Savannah because you're literally modeling for her. Like, this is how yeah. it's done. Like, we take our chairs, we go, we sit on a mountaintop, yeah. we take out our Bibles. It's, yeah, it's been really sweet, actually, because I'll tell her, like, you know, you can read or do whatever you want, but this is what I do. And then I, like, tell her my routine of working through that time. Hmm. And then she will maybe copy it, or maybe she'll do her own, but whatever she does, she's, like doing something and then she'll share with me like what she read and what she thought and stuff it's been cool so cool yeah that's awesome it's something i really love about having a daughter this age is like they kind of become your buddy yeah you know like your friend Mm -hmm, (laughs) which is so nice when you've been caregiving for them for so many years and now it's like oh now you you're giving to me yeah you're being my friend yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) totally that's awesome um cool well i guess the last question I've got then is um you know you've talked about 
kind of your relationship with scripture over the years and kind of the sweeter times. Have there been times when it's been hard to pick up the Bible and hard to to read? And then how did God bring you out of that? Um, I, I remember after initial belief at like 16, maybe around like 22, just wanting, just pushing back a little bit and wondering what if this is legit or not. Um, but that was a really sh- hard season, but it was a really short season. And I just remember thinking, like, if um, this is all true, God will keep me and and help me through this. And I don't really remember even how it resolved, but it, it definitely resolved. Mm-hmm. And I felt loved by God mm-hmm. in the resolution of that. Um, and then um, other than that, no. Um, I will come across like scripture passages I don't understand. Yeah. Um, and that comes up from time to time. But I just feel like, you know, there's a benefit to being married to like a nurse. There's a benefit to being married to like a mechanic. <laughs> but there's also really a lot of benefits <laughs> to being married to a pastor. And that is definitely one of them. So I will just like bring it to Andy and he'll help me work through it. And by the end, I'm like, wow, that's beautiful. What a, what a privilege and luxury to have such, like a personal theologian who can like solve my problems. That's the cutest thing ever. Like go get yourselves a priest. <laughs> totally. I know exactly. I know it's not a very practical no, but sort of thing, awesome. but it is been true for me and it's been really great actually. That's so cute. Yeah. It's amazing. It's funny. Cause I feel like, I will often get that from other people in my life, but my family yeah. like doesn't want to hear it. Ah. My kids are like, please don't explain. <laughs> yeah, it's too funny. <laughs> you don't want to know. Oh. That's so cool. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. This yeah. has been a great time to hang out with you. Thanks for yeah. giving us your time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Table Radio, an extension of the life of the Table Church a community in Victoria, BC. Our mission together is to love God, love each other, and to love and bless our neighbors so that we may see Christ revealed in common life. Music for this episode provided by the Preparation EP, written and arranged by Coco Relieve, and can be found at thetablechurch.bandcamp.com. To learn more about our community, please go to tablechurch.ca. to all